friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 13 years, 12 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hello, friends. Hello. We have our first guest with us today. We're excited to introduce to you our great friend, Teddy Jorby. Ted Jorby. Ted, can you give us a little intro of yourself? Sure. Glad to be here today. Uh, John and Adrian came down to beautiful, sunny Fountain Hills, Arizona to see me down here. It's great to have you guys. We spent the last week playing a lot of golf with John and swimming in the pool with uh, the kids and it's been great to have the file family here so it's sunny and warm and it's raining in seattle <laughs> blue so skies that. that's right so i uh i started out um as a young man young boy actually um playing sports and things like that and, and back in the day when you played sports Similar to today's Girl Scouts, I guess. I was up at the store yesterday and they were selling candy bars. John, I'm sure you did a lot of that as a kid. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we'd go door to door selling our candies and stuff to raise money for baseball and hockey, a couple sports I played. And while I was banging doors uh, selling candy, I, I'd always ask, hey, do you want me to, do you need any work done? Do you want to pull weeds or, or mow lawns? And uh, How old were you? I was like seven years old when I started. So um, by the time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So by the time I was 16, I had uh, started a company um, because I was playing hockey in a junior hockey league and I started my first company called Headley's Hauling and Handyman Services. (laughs) How'd you get the name? Headley was a nickname because I had real bushy hair. And uh, a head back in those days was someone that used, smoked a little weed once in a while. <laughs> so, hey, how's it going, Tiger? Tiger thinks that's funny. Tiger just came in to join us. So, anyway, we started Headley's, I started Headley's Hauling and Handyman Services, and I would haul people's you know, weeds and sticker bushes to the dump. And, uh, you know, they say, hey, can you fix my front door? And can you fix my fence? And things like this. And and then uh, one day, a few years later, my dad needed a roof. Hmm. So he said, Ted, do you want to put my roof on? And I was like, sure. So I went down to the hardware store and got a book on how to install a roof. How old were you? I was, uh, I was 20. Install a roof. Yeah, so I went down to Ernst Hardware, bought that book. How to install a roof. Um, tore my dad's shake roof off. Put another one on. My dad had bought the shakes from a buddy of his that owned a shake mill. And when I finished, about six months later, 
<laughs> and that's a long time for a rough, let me tell you. Um, he says, you know, Teddy, you did a pretty good job. You want to do my rough? I said, sure. So he lived up on Magnolia, and he took a week off work. He strapped his fat ass to the chimney, <laughs> and he stood up there, and Lieutenant Comey sat there and watched every nail that I hand nail, every <laughs> eight-penny hot dip galvanized nail into those heavy shakes that I put in. And if it wasn't in exactly the right spot, Lieutenant Coney would say, pull it. And uh, so we got his roof done, and that turned out great. How long did that take? That took a couple weeks. Nice. So, so you first, your time. <laughs> yeah, well... Can you tell us a little, so Lieutenant Coney, so just to give a little background, your dad was on the police force, right? Yeah. So Lieutenant Coney, I assume, was also? Yeah. Lieutenant Coney was on the Seattle Police Department. Seattle PD. And then Lieutenant Coney's neighbor came by and needed a roof, and I put his roof on. And then Captain Slussman needed a roof, and I put (laughs) his roof on. And then... And I was barely making minimum wage doing these because I was bidding these jobs. I knew I didn't have any idea how to bid the thing or how long it was going to take or anything. I just knew I had something to do every day. Right. And so finally, on about the fourth or fifth roof, I made 2000 bucks in a week. And I was in financial... <laughs> Financial heaven. I was like... What year? 2000 was a bunch. It was 1979. So that's like all the money now. Yeah, 1980. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, 79, I was uh, 16, so it was more like 83. 1983. And I had changed Headley's Hauling to TJ Construction now at this point. And we did roofing and, and some remodeling. Um, my dad had a house and he needed a little addition put on it and I read a few books and hired a couple carpenters and we went out there and banged it out. Um, so we're, we're going along, we're, we're putting roofs on, I'm banging doors and uh, a few years later uh, I decide that uh, I want to incorporate so I incorporated the name from TJ Construction to the Jorvi Corporation. And about 32 years later, <laughs> I sold it. And uh, that was some 18,000 roofs later, <laughs> helping a lot of people. Um, you know, your your podcast and your your uh, belief in loving the process uh, you know it's a it doesn't matter what you do mm. you have to love the process mm. and um, you know whether you're a doctor and you're looking down people's throats every day or you, you know you're you're dealing with near death in people or you know you're selling insurance or you're putting a roof on you know, you can fall into the trap of it being a mundane, boring thing if you don't love the process and you aren't really set on helping other people. Hmm. So that's good. So I love love what you guys got going here, and uh, that's really good. That's what we did. So the idea of um, that's really good. So the idea of success being 
really mastering the mundane or continuing to do the thing that's simple, um, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to, you know, who's looking to expand, start a business, start something that they love, they figured out, I like doing, I love this process, um, I'm helpful, I'm, you know, you said that too, that you've got to, you got to love helping people. What advice, what would be your top advice to somebody listening on this? You know, you're talking 18,000 yeah. roofs, 32 yeah. years, you had 200 plus guys yep. going at one point. Yep. Um, first of all, I think that and able to do those types of things, you have to go to the end of the earth to reach success. And, and uh, you know, success for different people is, is different things. Mm. Um, personally, I wanted financial success. I did not want to rely on anyone else. And so what I did is I always lived below my means. Um, I never bought big homes, fancy cars, any of that stuff. Um, and I invested the coin from my pocket into my mind by going to seminars and improving, uh, mm. improving myself. And then financially, I invested in real estate. Mm. And real estate, over the last 30 years in Seattle has gone up a little bit <laughs> pretty good <laughs> so you know so a, a young guy or, or somebody thinking about starting a business um you know you really have to be prepared to sacri make a lot of sacrifices um it's awesome you know so often you know when we talk with folks and and i try to observe like what did it take you know, you talk about the entrepreneurial muscle, that, that just hustle muscle to, to just never quit and persist. But I often like to look back to the next generation forward and go, well, what were the things your mom and dad taught you? What were, you know, what were the best piece of advice maybe mom and dad gave you as a kid? Obviously, he showed you how to work hard and gave you an opportunity to do his roof. But what, what would you say if you could think back, you know, top pieces of advice from mom and dad and maybe a little bit about their background? And Yeah, well, I, I was just explaining to Adrian earlier that, you know, my dad just passed away here about a month ago and he was, he was a big influence in, in my life. He was uh, a sergeant on the Seattle Police Department and we had... Uh, they had four kids. My mom was uh, a secretary to the postmaster at the post office, Queen Anne Station. And um, all, our, all their kids were a year and a half apart. Um, so, you know, they, they bought real estate, my mom and dad. And they'd bring us four kids to these little rental houses and have us painting and cleaning up and crawling underneath the house and holding the lights and whatever needed to be done to, you know, to get it done. And then as we became teenagers, we were the help. So we'd mow the lawns, we'd, you know, paint the units, do the unit turns, uh, things like this. And um, one thing that uh, 
that they taught all our all us kids is not only a, a great work ethic, but always do the right thing mm. and pay your taxes. Mm. Um, you know, be good to people. Don't take advantage of people. That's that's. I remember as a child, uh, there'd be times when we'd have. My dad, at one time for the police department, he was the head of the CSO, which is the Community Service Outreach. And there'd be times where he'd see guys living on the street, and pretty soon they're living in our house. And that was how giving my dad was. And it was, it was multiple times. I remember a guy named Oscar Moss. Oscar Moss lived with us um, for a bit. We bought a, uh, my parents bought some land up on the Wenatchee River, and Oscar built the cabin. My parents hired this guy, this, and he would have some great stories about riding the railroad. <laughs> Old Oscar Moss, but but yeah, we had Floyd Mankey living there for a while, and we had other folks, and you know they were always always helping others, and and. Uh, you know, taking taking uh, time to help the community. So, so that's kind of what my parents instilled in all of us. You know, my brother and my sisters and me as well. And and all of us became you know responsible adults. That's so, awesome. So and that's what. When you were talking about earlier, you were talking about the roofing, and you said that you helped a lot of people. So how? I mean, how, what does that what does that comment mean to you? So prior to. Um, at 20 years old, I quit drinking because it was either death or, or a life incarcerated. <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I didn't drink that much, but when I did, oh my gosh. All bets were off. <laughs> All bets were off. So I, I used that same energy that I used to, to, you know, be the be a dummy to, to help others. <laughs> and how I feel, I'm, I, I helped others. I helped others by, by being the best roofing contractor I could be, by installing the best roof system money could buy, by providing the best employment opportunities that anyone could get in the roofing business, right. providing the best benefits, providing the highest wages, providing the safest work environment, yeah. And and in addition to that, we gave back. Every year we'd give to the children's hospital. Um, we'd do fundraisers to which our company would match. We'd, anytime there was an opportunity to help kids, we'd help kids because kids have a special place in in uh, my heart. So That's awesome. So I want to a couple of things I want to summarize to listeners that Teddy just said that I think are is so powerful is so often we're looking for a shortcut, you know, or a quick fix or or an answer to 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 take a pill or a medication and and I'm not a doctor and I know I take shots at therapists and counselors all the time. Uh you know, but at the same time I did I watched I watched, you know, my mother suffer from mental illness. I've seen a lot of people who who struggle to um, engage in the marketplace or engage and, and feel productive in what they're doing and have high self-esteem. And what Teddy just said is he said, instead of 
doing the thing, take the same energy and apply it to doing good. Mm. I took the same energy that I was applying to doing things that were negative and I just, I just, it was, a, and applied it to doing good and help people and give back. And let me tell you, we've been on Teddy time the last week and it's a pretty good place, okay? <laughs> and, and so, and he did that for a long period of time. And that's what has put him in a position to, to be able to look back and go, man, I did something special. Uh, I think so often, everybody's got, we talked in the very first episode, we talked about what's your mission. Uh, sometimes I think we can, Teddy said it so well, whether you're a doctor, whether you're an insurance professional, whether you're a teacher uh, or a police officer or a roofer, uh, if you can fall in love with the process, you can do some really great things and help a lot of people and give back. Um, I love that. So yeah. always do the right thing. And then, and then what I heard from him too, that his dad instilled was whatever it takes. Mm. People were like, well, how do we do it? Well, what's the easy, whatever it takes. <laughs> so, go ahead. Yeah, that's great. And I think, you know, the, the highlight of helping people and you really get out of your, get out of your own way. You're getting out of yourself and getting out of your own brain when you're helping somebody else. I feel like when I am struggling or when I'm going through a hard time, the best way to like switch my attitude and focus both focus on gratitude again is by helping somebody else. Because when you're focused on external, you're not focused internally on the thoughts that might be going through your brain. And I hear, I mean, I heard that as well. That's awesome. Yeah, and one thing I want to add mm. is none of this, none of my success would have been possible without great people. And I had great people, so I had you know I had awesome people, partners, and that uh, helped run the business. And and uh, what were the kind of the key tenets for you for teamwork? Well, I think by you know retaining great people, I mentioned that we provided the best, you know, we tried to provide the highest wages and the best opportunities financially and, and benefit-wise with 401ks and, and medical benefits and things like this, which weren't always common in the industry. Um, we also had safety, safety was the top priority at our company and we had the highest safety standard and the best safety record um, for a roofing contractor in the state of Washington. So Roofing, what is that, number six? six. I just read it. I just read it. <laughs> roofing, roofing is the sixth most dangerous occupation in yeah. America. Yeah. yeah. So we had great people. We, we, we drove home the basics on a daily. So, you know, it's like going over the same thing over and over and over and over and over because it's, it's the basics that, that, that makes you great. You know, things that people skip. So whether it was driving a vehicle, doing the pre-drive pre inspection, what, whether it's, you know, how you tie off onto the roof, you know, it's, it's the cleanup, the daily cleanup. It's, it was everything that we did. The way we looked, the way we talked, um, so the little things, the little things, all the little things that 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 we tried to make a difference on, and of course, 
to remain, you know, to constantly overcome the price objection because when you provide all this, it costs money. Costs money. You're not going to be the low cost provider. So we were constantly referred to as, you know, the higher end of the marketplace. But yet we installed more roofs than anyone else in the marketplace. Because this is really, truly what people want. So how would you, so 100%, so how would you, because that's going to be the people listening who truly either run a business, key executive, um, run a department, starting a business, is, is you're so often, you, you want to cut a shortcut, you want to make it cheap, you want to make it more efficient is the buzzword. Like, how do you, if you increase value, which is what you're talking about, and overcome price objection because it, it's going to cost more, uh, to be able to provide these things, these opportunities, um, you know, that weren't available by your competitors. Tell us about how you did that, because that is a special thing. Not everybody is able to to both train their sales force to, to, to really sell the value and provide the value, and then on the back end, uh, be able to deliver that to their team members. I mean, what was, what was key to your guys' success? Well, there... In the construction industry, especially when I was starting and even even towards the end, but there, most people uh, would, when I started, would give an estimate on the back of a business card and just say, here's your, here's your price. Well, what we did is we'd go out there, we'd get all, we'd do a fact-finding mission first, and we'd go out there and ask the customer questions and find out what they wanted and what was important to them and we would we would ask them some questions that would make them think about what they wanted because a lot of times they didn't know because they didn't know that much about roofing and then we would go back and we would we would schedule another appointment to come out and go over the findings with them mm-hmm. and we'd we'd leave them with an inspection report of what we found and then we'd come back with a presentation how you're going to fix it of what we're going to do what the solutions are and we'd give them usually you know like three options for them to decide and uh, you know that was and then we had great representatives you know that uh, that were good at uh, presenting these opportunities to our clients. So well-trained, great sales representatives led by a great, you know, VP of sales. And then we had great operations side, you know, ran by a great VP of operations and all our, all our foremen. And it was just a great team and it was a lot of fun. And when you have that, Mm -hmm. it's great. Now, I'll also let you know that it isn't always like this. There are times when you get kicked when you're when you're down a little bit, and a friend of mine used to tell me he said, "Ted, anytime you stand above the crowd, you catch a few tomatoes." So you know, Ellen, <laughs> we had our <laughs> we had our name on everything. You know, we had our name on on uh, billboards on you know fifty five you know rolling billboards on our trucks rolling down the road. We had it on our 24 containers we had that we dropped at job sites. We had sponsored the roof report for the Seattle Mariners. We had 
you know, we did all kinds of things. We we're on Dory Monson and all these different things where people were hearing us all the time. So the competition would throw darts at us. You know, they'd have L and I checking us. So we had to be a great safety because they were always coming at us. Hmm. Um, That's awesome. So the the thing that uh, one other thing I'd add to our to our listeners is is this I've learned a ton first of all, um, but this is you know the business minded professional minded marketplace execution person who's listening to this man there's a lot that you're gonna get out of this you might listen to this twice I got two pages of notes which is more notes than I normally take uh, which is a, a testament to the truth probably of. What we're hearing but leadership training process marketing and execution i mean if you rewind this ted has given uh, uh, an instruction on every single one of those areas which is going to be vital i think to the success of anything that we do um, starting with this leadership saying it's not always perfect but this is our goal the training so you have highly trained sales staff who does fact-finding missions and then goes out and fixes what they find and then provides people with options a process uh, behind it all to keep people safe in an industry that's often not safe and and often people aren't taken care of and in marketing you know Teddy told me the other day a line that I love that I'm taking to the bank it was uh, early to bed early to rise work like hell and advertise (laughs) it's good (laughs) okay so I mean, clearly you've learned a ton on the business side. How have those learnings rolled into your personal life? Well, um, I think they're they're kind of one and the same. We used to, when we'd hire somebody to be a, a representative of our company, we'd let them know that if you're looking for a job, you know, probably need to go somewhere else. What you're what you're getting here is a lifestyle, hmm. Hmm. and this is this is what we're providing opportunity, and it's a lifestyle. So you may be at your kids' game on Saturday, and we encourage you to be at all your fam- all your kids' events and everything. But afterwards, you may have to go out and make a call, because in sales, especially on the retail side, and Johnny, mm. you can you okay. you know with ProStar Real Estate. Um, that it happens, a lot of things happen after when, you know, when, when mom and dad get home. That's when you can talk to, to the homeowner. You can talk to the homeowner at night and on the weekend. So um, I spent a lot of hours away from home, but I also was at all my kids' sporting events. And, and now I've got a little guy, Alexander, and I'm able to be at all his events because... Um, I'm out of the roofing business and into the real estate business and just, you know, managing my assets. But uh, We got the chance to watch him play a little hockey. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I didn't know six-year-olds could skate like that. <laughs> yeah, they start them early. They start them early. I, th- I think Tiger may be a hockey player. Teddy's, Teddy's trying to convert Tiger into a hockey player. He's got a hockey stick in his hand now and not a golf club the last week, so... We'll see. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that uh, folks get as much out of this that, that I have. Um, 
And uh, selfishly, I'm sure grateful for all that Teddy shared with us today. Um, there's a lot that I'll be on a call here with our team in, in about 15 minutes. And, and uh, there's a number of things here that I'll share in our Monday morning mindset section uh, out of this. Um, and so, and Ted is a, yeah, he's, he's humble to the family first oriented guy he is. And, and he's found a way which we really preach and love the process to, to shoot the moon, uh, which is to, you know, what you believe, you know, he hasn't talked a lot about his, 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 his per se belief system, but obviously hard work, family and, and some level of faith, but what you believe, um, what you do in terms of your work and, and, and but also of course your family and, and to shoot the moon on all those and not there be a priority schedule to it. But that description of go to your kid's game and then go 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 look at Mr. Smith's roof is right, a great is a great description of of I think what it takes to be successful and I, that's a real dis- good description of loving the process. Uh, you know, being president at the game and then and then going and and knocking out a sales call when the homeowner's available. It's awesome. How about you, Adrian? What are your takeaways from the day? <laughs> from our time with Teddy? Yes, I mean, same. I think the idea that it's not, there can't, it's not, a, it's not a juggling, right? You're not balance, trying to balance anything. I think we've talked about this before that you're not balancing work and life because it's all one life. Not one so. time did Teddy say balance. <laughs> This is a rarity. A lot of people like to use that buzzword like, oh, it sounds cute, but it doesn't really work that way. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that is a good reminder and a refresher for me, just that we've got we've got one life. And so how are we going to be the best that we can be in the moment that we're in and being able to you know hang out with our kids and our family and be present there and then kick, kick ass at work. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a great, I learned a lot. Any last... Well, in closing, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say that I, I, I started on it a minute ago, but it isn't always, you're not always on top of the top of the world, you know, I mean, <laughs> and, you know, as a leader of an organization, you're not always liked, right? Your decisions that you make, not everybody likes. You know, some people do, some people don't, but you live with those decisions. And, uh, you know, the economy isn't always great. I mean, we went through, you know, the 07, 08, 09 recession, the Great Recession. It's the deepest, darkest recession in my 58 years on this planet. And it was the darkest day since the Great Depression. And... So all of you out there that are, that are listening, my, my biggest, my, my biggest uh, tip I can give you and, and recommendation is save your money, live below your means, invest for the future. There's always a rainy day. Have a few bucks saved for, for those times. And uh, fortunately for us, you know, we, we were there, and when I hit that point where we had 250 employees in 07, and by 2011, we had 30. Now, how do you think the feeling was inside those rooms? Mm-hmm. Not very good. So, I was at a point where it wasn't fun for me anymore. And I was going to have to completely rebuild the organization and 
and just start over, basically, from 30 going up. And I decided that I'd had enough. And I was at a point that I could, I could do that because of the investments that I had made, because of the money that I had saved, that I didn't spend all my money. I lived below my means. And so I did that and I asked anyone else in the company if they wanted it and they were like, no. <laughs> so a competitor came in and, you know, bought some of the assets and uh, off I went into the sunset. But uh, um, so for everyone out there, you know, that's, that's what I would recommend is it's not always, you know, 2020. <laughs> you know. Yeah, sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> you know, these are the best days in the history of capitalism. So, you know, things things will change, and you know, they're gonna there be tough times as well. So prepare for them. But anyway, thank you, Adrian and John, for awesome. having me, and uh, it's been fun spending a week with you guys. Thanks for having us yeah. here at your home. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thanks, Teddy. We're very grateful. Bye, friends. Have a great week. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. You can also follow along on our adventures on Instagram.